Oh my God, serious? What is the first question? Check one, two, check, 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 check. Give me your answers. I didn't have an answer for Hello and welcome. You are tuned into Rose City Politics. The day is uh, Wednesday, August 28th, 2019. We are broadcasting to you live from Reno's Kitchen uh, at the Kitchen Studios right above Reno's Kitchen. And we are brought to you with the kind support of Lyuna 625, Building Better Communities. As always, you can follow the conversation on Facebook at Rose City Politics or Twitter, RCP Windsor. And we invite you to join us there. Uh, I'm joined tonight by uh, our regular panelist, Don Merrifield. Hey, Don. I am always happy to be here. Always. And uh, my name is Sarah Morris, and I'm very pleased to be joined tonight in studio with some friends from Ford City. So uh, sitting right across from me is Joey Wright. Hello, Joey. Hello. Thank you for having me. We have Jillian Benoit Gonzalez. Hello. Hello and welcome. And we have uh, Carrie and then... Give me the last name pronunciation. Ippolito. Ippolito. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very well. So we're excited to have all of you here. Um, do you all live in the neighborhood? Let's let's get started with that. What, what's your experience uh, being in the neighborhood, and how did you start to get involved in the neighborhood? Start with you, Carrie. Uh, I've lived in the neighborhood for about 34 years now. Um, my father was... Uh, militant social activist and union activist way back when and he has a lot of long-term ties to Ford City. He was involved in the big strike and blockade in 1945 and he kind of inspired me later in life. So when I was about 18 or 19 I got involved with the redevelopment committee in Ford City. That's awesome. Jillian? So I've lived in the area my entire life, so 38 years, uh, minus a couple years where I moved away and came back. Um, I've been involved in the Residents Association for nine years now. I started when Gary Dugal kind of pressured me to join and walking by with my kids and come out and volunteer, and then that's kind of how I got started in the residence, and it kind of snowballed from there. Joey? Uh, I've always lived around the Ford City area. I grew up there, went to Gordon McGregor. My mom went there, my brother went there. It's just always been that area of town that I've done my best to make sure I live in. Uh, and Don, have you have you been to Ford City? I've like driven through it <laughs> twice. It's fantastic. Uh, actually, my connection with Ford City is uh, my old musician days. wasn't that long ago. Uh, Kevin Rogers, who is the pastor at New Song Church, uh, we've done a lot of playing there and trying to help the community down there. Kevin's done a really great job. So, a quick shout out to Kevin, and that will be the end of Don sucking up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, let's get started. What are some of the big issues in Ford City? I think it makes the press a lot. Um, people are very invested in the story of Fort City, but for folks like you who live there, uh, what are some of the day-to-day issues? Carrie, we'll start with you. I guess the aging and crumbling infrastructure. Um, I think that's a problem across all of the city's core yeah. neighborhoods. And absentee landlords are a huge issue in Ford City. So I know a while back they had done a um, vacant property uh, assessment. Uh, can any of you speak to that, or do you know, has that improved over the last couple of years? Absolutely, and actually our Ford City Renewal team has put together a vacant building uh, inventory mm-hmm. specifically to Ford City, and we've used that to liaise with the city, and we've managed to bring down, I think it's about six buildings yeah, in the community. Yeah. Um, there's been, you know, at least one commercial building, and several uh, residential properties have come down, and it's mm-hmm. been a huge improvement. And have you been seeing more investment in the neighborhoods? Absolutely. There's been a big uptake in investment. Um, I think just slowly over time building up, doing like the murals and kind of putting ourselves mm-hmm. in a positive light in the media and letting people, bringing people into Ford City. They kind of see all the fun things that are happening and I, I guess the edginess of it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really see it because I live there, but <coughs> yeah, that's what I've been told. And so kind of, I mean, Dropped on Drew Lard's been mm-hmm. a big... Um, 
uh, contributor to bringing people in and kind of seeing all that. Like, this is a cool street fest, and the street's like this all the time. There's always people out there. There's always people kind of chit-chatting. And so I think that kind of feel you can't really get just on any random street. Yeah. And so it's kind of brought people in, and they kind of... they want, And then people come to see them, and then it kind of grows from there, right? Yeah, I think there's definitely... I think... Um, the Detroit story as some nice yeah. parallels to Ford City for sure. Carrie, you're wearing a Don't Be Afraid of Drillard Road shirt. Yes. Uh, similar to that Say Nice Things About Detroit vibe, right? Like there, there's a lot of that that I think people want to root for what might they might perceive as the underdog. Yeah. But uh, Joey, what do you think some of the issues are in the neighborhood? Um, from what I've heard, a lot of the issues are, as Carrie said, the, the crumbling infrastructure, the vacant buildings. Um, I think the old reputation of Drillard is something that a lot of people find difficult to let go and that keeps them away. Um, I know that I try to bring as many people down there who try to stay away or, or don't want to go down there, but when they do see Dropped on Drulard, my roommate played there last year. Um, my friends go down there now, they go check out Mike DeFazio, they go to the Grand Cantina. I think my mom goes to Merch Runners once or twice a month to buy a new shirt. So, <laughs> And she brings her friends, and they, they go buy shirts, and um, they're going on vacation uh, later. And last year, they picked up a bunch of shirts from Merch Runners. Mm-hmm. So it's it's that old reputation that Drew Lard is a dark and scary place, and that you know that's where the boogeyman lives, that really needs to... That, that needs to end because that's not what it is. It is this cool, edgy place, just like the, the renaissance of Detroit that mm-hmm. we're seeing across the river. That's exactly what's happening on Drulard. So renaissance, renewal. Uh, Jillian, can you tell us a little bit about what the Fort City Neighborhood Renewal is all about, what you guys do, and how that kind of got started? Um, so... So the, I, I think I can take part of it yeah. and help Jillian out here. The, um, the beginning of the... The Ford renewal. City Renewal came out of the Ford City Redevelopment Committee first. And the Redevelopment Committee is a constantly evolving board of stakeholders in Ford City and resource people. Um, we represent organizations interested in the rejuvenation of the community. And the committee dates back to approximately 1992. Um, the members include, but they're not limited to, uh, Ford City residents, business owners, community service providers, area churches, our city councillor, Habitat for Humanity now sits on that committee, Windsor Police, and others who simply see the value in working together and love Ford City. Oh, sorry, uh, go ahead. So from that, the renewal kind of partners with each different group in the area. Mm -hmm. So they kind of facilitate... um, Let's say the residence has an event and they're, they have an issue that they're struggling with. They can reach out to the renewal or the BIA. or Like in the beginning, the renewal kind of connected all these groups so we never really worked together. We kind of all got on the same page and then kind of did an overarching game plan of what we wanted to see in Ford City. Mm-hmm. And we all co- kind of took our piece of that puzzle. Are there other neighborhoods the neighborhood. who are doing this? Uh, there's four priority neighborhoods funded right. through United Way. And so there's Ford City... Glengarry Marinted Initiative, the DWCC, and then our West End. Mm-hmm. And so we partner with them, too, on different events. It's kind of hard to get out of Ford City when there's so much going on. So we try, maybe not as much as we'd like, but we'd love to partner with them. Yeah, I think there's um, a lot more strength in Ford City just because we've been doing it a lot longer. Uh, it came in before the renewal. The Ford renewal came into being because of the efforts of the Redevelopment Committee. Several years ago, the Ford City Redevelopment Committee commissioned Bob Hayes, who's a former City of Windsor planner, to study the community and write a report mapping out strategies to move the community forward. And then when funding became available through the United Way for the neighborhood strategies, they partnered with Drulard Place to form the Ford City Renewal. And we began to to focus on those Mm -hmm. strategies from the Hayes report. Um, So what does that look like? like? How does a report actually come to life? Because, you know, we, we see this, and we'll talk about the CIP a little bit, too. But, you know, there's a lot of decisions that are made on council about a neighborhood. But how does that actually happen? Like, do, do you see the results of those reports in your work every day? Well, in terms of the Hayes report, that was based on a lot of history mm-hmm. of the area. Um, you know, looking back at the Ford Motor Company and how it influenced the, the community itself. Mm-hmm. Um, also statistical data over the years, crime reports, 
and um, you know, talking with the community, which a lot of that was mm-hmm. what the strength of the CIP was. That's what they did with the CIPs as well. A lot from that report, too, kind of informs our work plan. So that's right. how we base what we're going to do on the future. So if there's a safety and security issue, we tackle that. We come up with different solutions to solve that problem. Mm-hmm. If it's like the landlord, absentee landlord, if that's what shows up in the report, that's what we go after, like as far as the renewal and the residence. And then the BIA, we kind of, they kind of take care of the main core of the street. And so we're kind of all over the map if you look at which, which each individual project we're doing, but it all yeah. comes together. Don, I have, a, I have a real estate question for you, Don. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, they've been talking a lot about absentee landlords, about uh, sort of getting people invested. What does the, the um, property look like in Fort City? Are people moving to Fort City? Yeah, a lot of that's happening. Uh, I mean, we've discussed this on the show prior with any of the quote-unquote lower-income neighborhoods, whether it be downtown, West End, Remington Park, Fort City area, uh, just by sheer necessity, people are moving into those areas uh, because the areas traditionally they would have moved into, Riverside, kind of where by Ottawa Street, Walker Road's just too expensive now. Uh, so you're seeing prices go up a lot, definitely in Ford City, uh, downtown, again, Remington Park, West End. Ford City tends to have a lot of rental properties, Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm sure the landlord problem actually is an issue over there. And that's been traditionally, I mean, that's been ongoing for years. Uh, you're still seeing a bit of that. A lot of those properties have been converted either to duplexes or even in some cases rooming houses. A lot of the commercial properties have units over top. Uh, I think a big plus, and just to ramble on about something else, I think a big plus with what's happened down there is, you know, people like Randy D, someone of that have really bought a lot of the commercial properties on the main strip. They've redone the lofts. And, you know, if you like, if you like Walkerville-style 1800 properties mm-hmm. from the 1800s, I mean, these are the exact same. So they have that same look. They have the same character. They have the high, high ceilings, kind of your big, open, lofty kind of spaces. So they're fabulous spaces. It's just taken time for, good or bad, prices to go up so much everywhere else that people, quote-unquote, don't have a choice. They have to start right. considering these areas. Mm-hmm. So it's really, I mean, that's been great for Ford City. There's a whole bunch of other issues we'll discuss on another show. But, uh, yeah, I think that's what's really brought it along in the last, probably last four years. Well, and, and something about mm-hmm. going back to having the lofts above the business is that if anybody's ever taken one of those history walks along Drewlard, you'll know that way back in the day, in Drewlard's quote-unquote heyday, business owners would live above their business. Sure, yeah. And if you look at it now with the prices everywhere else going up and so many people trying to become entrepreneurs, I think there's a really great opportunity there for mm-hmm. someone to take advantage of having that business space down below but that living space right above um, right. it's it's a really nice way to kind of combine everything yeah and if and if you're you know we can look at you know artisans or artists or want to open up a small bakery or any of those kind of mom and poppy kind of shops i mean drew art's the best place to do it the rents are extremely affordable you have everything we're trying to convert the other neighborhoods into walking areas you know, you got a lot of space for foot traffic. And again, what Joey says, I mean, you can buy one of those buildings and live upstairs and basically you're having rent free for your commercial space. So it's, if you're looking to open up a business and maybe don't have a huge amount of capital up front, I mean, Drewart is a great area to consider right now. Mike DeFazio is a prime example of that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He has the, the live workspace. He lives above his studio there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joey, I have a question for you. Sure. So you ran for city council last year in Ward 5. Um, Ward has five. the ward gotten over it yet? Or <laughs> I don't think Ward Three's gotten over you. So, <laughs> um, there, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on Ford City, but he, Ward Five is much bigger than that. So, can you yeah. tell us a bit about the experience of campaigning in that neighborhood? Like, you have knocked on probably most doors yeah. in Ward Five. Yeah. So, um, is Ward Five Drewlard? Or is, you know, what are those other neighborhoods like too? The interesting thing that I find about Ward 5 is that there's so many different areas that are so unique. Mm -hmm. Because you have the Ford City area, but then you have Seminole Street, and you have Pilette, and you have kind of that stretch of business on Tecumseh, and then you've got strictly residential area over by Arthur Francois L. Rose, where it's just housing, 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 housing. Um, The interesting thing is, Obviously, Ford City needs um, help from council regarding the CIP and getting that done and getting Ford City back up 
to you know where the residents and the businesses would like to see it a busy fairway on Drulard that's that people will go to for business that people want to buy houses there that people again don't think it's that dark and scary reputation that it used to have um one of the things that actually happened in 2014 was we were having a debate at Genoa Marcus and there was someone who lived over by Pilette and a lot of the questions that were directed at the candidates were about Ford City mm-hmm. and the thing that he brought up is that Ward 5 is much more than just Ford City which is a very fair assessment because Ward 5 is a large area but it's important that all of the areas have are being paid attention to Ford City the Pilat uh, area, George, Seminole, Central, all of those areas need to have attention. Um, but in regards to Ford City, it's it's improving Ford City only helps to improve the greater area as a whole. So in, the, in some people's minds, are they getting more attention and more treatment? Yes, but as a benefit from that is that when you build up slowly the Ford City area and you start seeing businesses come back and you start seeing houses be um, redone and renovated and properties are being managed properly and you don't have those absentee landlords, people start coming back and moving there. It helps to improve the greater area as a whole, not just Ford City, but then you start seeing all the neighborhoods benefit from that, kind of like a a, a nice ripple effect. Jillian and Carrie, have you seen that? Have you seen that, uh, like... Um, engagement from those other neighborhoods but also the benefit to those other neighborhoods I I think especially Jillian in her role with the the residence committee has seen a lot of buy-in from the um, communities around Ford City because uh, we've She's actually moved the Ford City fireworks yeah. to the Ford test track. We and outgrew that's our parks. That's a good thing, right? Yeah. We moved the fireworks to the Ford test track and the people in that area mm-hmm are kind of just discovering the Ford City residents and just discovering all the events that we do. And so we see them come into the community garden and we see them calling us for um, like help with the CIP. Are they in the area or they have a traffic issue or, Mm -hmm. and so they're reaching out to us. And so now we're starting to expand our area because we kind of feel like the core of Ford City is we're stronger than we were. And so we can bring more people in and, you know, kind of go all the way to Tecumseh instead of stopping at Seminole. Do you think like five years ago, people would have wanted to wear the badge of Ford City that were not on Drulard? No, I'm, I mean, I want to think yes, (laughs) but I mean, I did hear there was still that stereotype out there. There was still that, oh, you know, I don't want to go on Ford City because I seen this or I seen that or I heard Mm -hmm. this or my parents said, and it's, it's not that anymore. And I find the next generation, like the younger 20-somethings, are kind of, the they don't have crowd. that. They don't have that <laughs> I'm stereotype. always wearing a bow tie. I'm wearing a bow shirt. Yeah, I think that there's definitely been... We're kind of leaving it behind. We're kind of shaking it now. Right. And just, we've gotten a lot more positivity in the media, which was something that we were struggling with in the past it was just easier to paint us as the bad neighborhood but because we've done so many positive things the only mural just everything that we've done they can't they have to shine a light on that and so we're getting more of that too i think i'd like to point out too um when joey was speaking you know he mentioned that we ford city gets a lot more attention than the rest of the the ward but i'd just like to point out to listeners that that's because we're making our voices heard yeah, and we have been absolutely. for years it's it's not because the city's paying, paying special attention to us it's because we're stomping our feet as loud as we can and like Jillian said the redevelopment committee is now looking at expanding its boundaries to beyond that you know train tracks and viaduct area and we're now looking at expanding the through the Ford test track area and up to Tecumseh Road and as far as Walker Road too. Mm-hmm. Um, can you all tell us about the CIP process? And it was supposed to go to council, I believe, yeah. uh, this week. That's what our understanding was. No one confirmed whether it would or not. Yeah. Um, we heard it was going to council after it was deferred. And from what I understand, because one of the meetings was canceled, they decided to put it off. We don't know for sure if it's going to be at the next council meeting or not. We're kind of just playing it by ear. Mm-hmm. The, the process, you know, the, the planning department worked with our counselor and the renewal and residents and the BIA o- for over a year 
to create the CIP. And November 19th of last year, uh, it was brought before council and delegates from, delegates from the neighborhood advocated for two amendments to it. One was to decrease the minimum grant to $1,000 when it was $2,000. So what does that mean? Like, what does that actually look like? Well, basically, if you have a pro, the way it was written originally, if you had a project for your home, um, it would have to meet a minimum $4,000 project in order to be able to get the $2,000 back. And we thought that that might be cost prohibitive for some of the people in our community. So we advocated to get it dropped to $1,000 minimum, which means their minimum project would be $2,000. And the other change that we asked for was ensuring that the residential grants were only available to property owners who actually resided in their property. Mm. And that eliminated any wealth wealthy landlords from benefiting. Yeah, that's what we had been talking about when we talked about this issue of um, Little Things Matter when we had on the the folks from downtown, that, Don, that was your point, that you didn't want this money just going to landlords who have the means to fix up their properties and just have decided not to. Yeah, an issue you run into with landlords, and I'm not going to, I'm going to paint them all with the same brush, but they're not all like that, Uh, especially out-of-town ones, and again, Sorry, out of town people, but screw you. <laughs> and, uh, but they're going to do the bare minimum just to keep their property rentable. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's certain standards you have to have according to the Landlord Tenant Act that it has to you know, be X, Y, and Z, be safe. But they're not going to do anything to pretty it up because every dollar they put into it you know, takes away from profit. So the issue we discussed before with the downtown one is, uh, yeah, it doesn't, to me, it should be means-tested. I don't know if that's going to come up later. Uh, but certainly if you're a landlord... And you have more than one, even if you just have one property that you're not living in, I don't think that should apply to you because now you're just basically taking taxpayers' money, giving it to a business entity because they just don't want to use their own money to, to fix the property up when they probably could if they could afford to buy it in the first place. So right now, if I have a piece, if I live in Fort City, I want new siding or I need help with my porch or something like that, um, I know that... It, when we had done this, when we talked about this issue, when it first came up on council, um, my understanding is the application's already online. So people have already started this process, correct? Absolutely. They've already started the process. They've already, you have to get quotes. You have to, there's a Mm -hmm. lot of steps in order to even submit it. And once you've submitted, then it has to be approved at committee. And then it goes in front of council. And so we have seven people who have already gone through that process and and all they were doing was waiting for the okay from council to go ahead, mm-hmm. and now that's at a stand standstill. So they have all their quotes that are now gonna they're not gonna look the same when they actually get the go ahead. If they get the go ahead, I mean, if they had a means test, a lot of these people might not even qualify anymore. Is it we, uh, is it mandatory that you have to have the done work done by contractors, or is it something you can do yourself? You don't have to. You have to get the quotes from contractors, yeah, but you. You can minus the labor costs, and they'll pay for the materials, but they won't pay you for okay. your labor. So, yeah, yeah. So, what? Okay, when we say means test, what are we actually talking about? Here? We're talking about low income, right? So you have to have a certain level of income in order to qualify, and we don't think that's realistic considering people with low income are trying to buy life's necessities, not necessarily beautify their home. Right? Do they have the one thousand dollar copay ready to go? Right. Well, well, you have to pay the two thousand, oh, and then you're, yeah. Oh. And so no, the the minimum project would be four thousand, and they'd have to put that four thousand dollars out up front, and then they I get four grand, and then they get to, they could get the two thousand dollars back. And the means test isn't looking to see whether people are able to afford the four thousand mm. dollars. The means test is looking at whether people make so much money that we the city shouldn't be giving them any money. Yeah. Right. Which, when you when you look at all of the CIPs that have been approved already, um, from my understanding, the Fort City CIP and the West End CIP are remarkably similar, identical, yeah. if not identical, yeah. and nobody has taken advantage of the residential grants from Wouldn't the soon, West End, yeah. but yeah. we already have seven in Fort City. And more. And There's still people applying, even though they're not sure. It's and still up in the air what's even going to happen, and but then they're with, still applying. with the downtown CIP, that particular portion of that program was removed mm-hmm. which then led to the little things matter which mm-hmm. to my understanding again is a wild success like it it, it, yeah. it definitely impacts 
it's because yeah. it's true the little things do matter mm -hmm. so why is it that we have not learned from these that something as small as being able to have um, a, a minimum of 2,000 because okay I might have 2,000 to put towards uh, redoing my porch or, or new siding but I don't have 4,000 right but it's it's going to help. It, it's going to make everything just a little bit much, that much better. And if everybody does that, then it gets a lot better very quickly. Because the city has facade grants for commercial buildings, right? Yes, yeah. it does. There's a, there's a lot of grants in the CIP for commercial and new building residential and multi-unit residential. And there's CIP money for brownfield. Mm-hmm. And yeah. there's no means test for any of that. You know, community improvement plans are a tool that were given to municipalities from the Ontario government through the Municipal Act. And in other municipalities, there's no means test to qualify mm -hmm. for those CIPs. The, like Joey was saying, you know, the West End, the Sandwich Town CIP, has been in place since it was updated in 2012. And it's written the same mm -hmm. as Ford City. And there's never been a means test for that. There's no means test for any commercial ventures that are going on in the downtown core of the old fish market. We have Cypher Systems Group and uh, other partners there. They haven't been asked to uh, prove that they need the money to do that development. And any taxpayers who are complaining that, you know, well, why Ford City and why not everybody? Well, not every neighborhood it has the crumbling infrastructure that mm -hmm. Ford City does. The CIPs were created with the point of rehabilitation of old neighborhoods. And well, and like you were all talking about, how, how much of a ripple effect that has, that it really does improve, you know, the, the hardest hit neighborhoods, injecting in some help there really does, as you all said, yeah. help the, the sort of adjacent neighborhoods mm -hmm. too. And, and people who have the means they don't live in Ford City. They, they move to subdivisions. Let, let's be real. Right in the CIP's own report on page 39, the, the average income in Ford City is $24,000, and only 100 people in all of Ford City make over 60000 mm -hmm. So what kind of bar are they going to set for a means test? It's just ridiculous. And you know what? When we make changes in Ford City and that CIP is done with, then other neighborhoods, mm -hmm. you know, they can go on and help other core neighborhoods I, too. I think, I think it's also important to notice and, and remember that you look at the West End, you look at downtown, and you look at Ford City. Those are some of the oldest mm -hmm. and original neighborhoods in this area. They have been here the longest. We have built around them, and they are now just getting help. And I think that's important to remember that these are this is our history that we are trying to rehabilitate and rejuvenate and, and, and bring back to life in 2019, 2020, and beyond. Yep. The CIP was already passed, and it was not only passed the way it was written, but it was passed with the two am amendments that I mentioned. If there was a problem with this, why wasn't it debated in November? Mm -hmm. Yeah, prior to all the You know, why did we put these residents through this? Through, they went through the process, and now they're kind of... It's they like call us, and we're like, you know, don't move forward, just wait. Yeah. We don't know what to tell you, we're on pause. Well, if we had a nickel every time on this show, we tried to figure <laughs> out what the city was doing. <laughs> We'd have a lot of nickels. Actually, something going back to the situation where you got to put the money up front and then it's reimbursed. Uh, because of the industry I'm in, there are a lot of contractors out there. If you explain the situation to them, they will do like the half situation, like give me half up front and then when you get paid with the rest, you know, basically mm -hmm. they get it. Uh, so if you're out there listening and you want to do something like this, but you, know, you don't have four grand laying around or even two grand, Still to go through the process and talk to the contractors you're dealing with because a lot of them will work with you. You see this a lot in the uh, the backflow valve uh, right. program with right. the city right now. I mean, that's over $2,000, but again, a lot of those guys will do it and just mm -hmm. wait till you get reimbursed. There's a thing so it's called, like an ask and you shall receive type situation? Exactly. Well, yeah. there's, there's a program for mortgages, not to turn this into the Don Real Estate Show, but <laughs> there's a program for mortgages called Purchase Plus Improvements Mortgage. You can get a mortgage. They'll assess your value of your house, and if you want to do $50,000 worth of improvements, as long as it appraises out, they will pay for it and put it on your mortgage. Yeah. So a lot of contractors who get involved in those, they understand they're going to have to 
you know, they'll take 5,000 up front for a $30,000 renovation, knowing that they're going to get the money afterwards just because they want the work. So again, don't, don't say, well, I don't have the money. I can't do it. Go through the process and you might find the right guy who yeah. will actually work. And I think this is a great reason why, um, Fort City Neighborhood Renewal and other organizations exist because, you know, so often, like, I have no idea about these programs. Like it's, you need the connector. You need yeah. someone who's going to be the advocate for people in the neighborhood to help make those connections. Because if not, how would you even know those programs exist? I think that might be the difference between Sandwich when they got their CIP and where we're at and how fast we've started to take. And I have heard that people are applying now because it's kind of been in the news that, oh, hey, Sandwich has this too. Yeah. So I think people are starting to take it up from Sandwich, realizing that, oh, this is... I didn't even know this was a thing. Right. And in defense of Sandwich Town's neighborhood strategy, um, they've got a much larger area to look after. They have a huge catchment. All right. Well, we're going to go to break real quick. Uh, I want to thank all of you for for joining us right now. Uh, Just to go around the table, we have Carrie Ippolito. Ippolito. We have Jillian Benoit Gonzalez, Joey Wright, uh, and our regular uh, panelist, Don Merrifield. My name is Sarah Morris. You're listening to Rose City Politics. Like I said, you can always join us on Facebook, Rose City Politics, or Twitter at RCP Windsor. You can support us on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Rose City Politics. And we are brought to you with the proud support of Layuna 625, Building Better Communities, and broadcasting live from Reno's Kitchen. I'd also like to thank our producer for the evening, Jolie Inthevang, who is helping out running uh, the, the computer over there. So thanks, Jolie. And uh, we will be right back. Welcome to this week's Rose City Politics Events Calendar. Thursday, August 29th. WIF 365 presents Tell It to the Bees at the Capitol Theatre. Pony, Pretty Maddie, Petty Thief, and the Garbage Guys are at Trumbleplex. Fantagram with special guests Bob Moses are at the Fillmore. Friday, August 30th, Walkerville Distillery District Night Market is at Walkerville Brewery. We remember them. International Overdose Awareness Day Memorial Dinner is at Just Your Average Joe's. Windsor Rib and Craft Beer Fest is throughout the weekend at Festival Plaza. Saturday, August 31st, Alberta and the Dead Eyes and Palm Hayes are at Fog Lounge. Detroit Jazz Fest is throughout the weekend. Peach Mountain, Fruit of the Womb, The Sugar Bombs, and T.Y. are at the Old Miami. Sunday, September 1st, Tour di Via Italia is on Erie Street. Monday, September 2nd, Windsor Labor Day Parade starts at Unifor Local 444. The Detroit Labor Day Parade takes place on Michigan Avenue. The next regular City Council meeting is Monday, September 9th. Check out Rose City Politics on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to premium content on Patreon. If you'd like your event featured here, please contact us through social media. Welcome back to Rose City Politics. My name is Sarah Morris. I'm joined by Don Merrifield. Still happy to be here. And our wonderful Ford City guest, Carrie Ippolito. 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 So Dang, close. I tried. So close. <laughs> You'll get it eventually. Oh, one day. All right. Uh, Joey Wright. And Jillian Benoit Gonzalez. How do you get that one? Because I speak it. French. <laughs> I'm Gonzalez French. is not French. Oh, well, Benoit, I got that. I got that. Welcome back. All right. We are doing something that is totally not a revamp of uh, Lightning Round, but instead... <laughs> yeah, because I came up with the Lightning Round. So. As loyal listeners of Rose City Politics know, we sometimes do Lightning Round on the show. Uh, it never works. No, never. It uh, usually goes pretty poorly. It's sad. But um, we have some awesome guests today, so we're going to go... Instead, we're not doing Lightning Round. We are doing Hot Topic Roundtable. Where every is totally different. But it's a rectangle. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Just imagine. Um, Where uh, this week we'll do three minutes per topic. 
And uh, once we're done, we're done. So I'm going to set the timer. We're going to do this. All right. Oh, do you have the old time hockey horn? Oh, sound? I can. That, all right. I think that's necessary yeah. for something okay. like that. Okay. That's the best part of the show. <laughs> oh, this is true. All right. Talk amongst yourselves real quick. Hang on. <laughs> all right. So uh, our first topic is. Uh, there, oh, there we go. go. There we go, everybody. <laughs> okay. Our first topic, and we're starting, is. Do people outside of Ford City understand the neighborhood? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> no not at all. And I, I find that a lot of them don't want to. They, you know, when you talk it up, they don't believe you. They shake their head. But, you know, I, I've even been on Facebook on the Windsor Star, you know, replying oh, to the Windsor the Star place. and telling people, come on down. I'll buy you a coffee. We'll take a walk through the neighborhood. You know, yeah. I'll explain some of the Sport history here. You've never offered to buy me a coffee. <laughs> I'm offering you now. Thank I think directly uh, to you, Don. A lot of people are more interested in Ford City now. Yeah. So I think they're starting to want to understand Ford City. I think the people that are there, are, you know, after you've been there for like maybe six months, you start to really get the people, you get the vibe of the place. Mm-hmm. You fit in pretty quickly. I, I think when you see everybody in... Uh, all the organizations putting in so much hard work to make Ford City better. People are realizing that, people are understanding that, and they are becoming more open to going there. And then again, with with it impacting all the outlying neighborhoods, with the moving of the Ford City Fun Day and the Ford City Fireworks to Ford Test Track, you now have all of those other neighborhoods that probably wouldn't have ventured off that way. Now seeing, well, these all of these people are from Ford City what's going on let's go let, like, like, let's investigate yeah. I've seen a big uptake in people volunteering too Yeah, I yeah. feel like if you give people an opportunity to volunteer they'll take it mm-hmm. and we put it out there so much that we have the community it depends what you're into mm-hmm. so we have community garden we have um, kid events we have adult events there's always something going on so if you're looking for an opportunity to volunteer we can always find you yeah. a space including companies companies are starting to right. want to come out and do a day of caring now when I first started um, working, I think I first started working with uh, Ford City when I worked with Hackforge in 2014. Um, and back then it was that Ford City had the lowest, w- had dropped in its crime rate because people had left. So even the criminals had left yeah. the neighborhood. <laughs> so yeah, was... um, since then, it's it really has changed quite a bit. And that, like I said, it had almost people had left but now people are are really reinvesting and really thinking about that and and kind of coming back to the neighborhood so i think it's great that there's some businesses and organizations that are bringing folks in and it seems like that is how to get so do you ever bring people to see houses around that neighborhood sure i've showed a lot of houses down there i've sold houses down there uh you know things like this when it goes to neighborhoods even down to streets i mean i live on a street that 20 years ago, people said, oh, I don't want to live on that shithole mm-hmm. street. And in the real estate business, unfortunately, those kind of things, they drag on for a long time because Windsor's a very territorial place. If you're from Riverside, you live in Riverside. If you're from Tecumseh, you're too cool for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> if you're dead. But, so I think to get to change the perception of any area, whether it's downtown, Ford City, Sandwich Town, it... Oh, uh, and we are. Yeah, that's why you went to me last. You that's right. To make that. That's <laughs> right. We'll have to come back. All right. Ward 5 has one of the highest uses of public transit in the city, about 6% of the population. Um, Joey's here uh, has uh, some transit uh, to it. Uh, uh, so tell us. <laughs> I just heard a reverb of myself and it threw me off. Um, uh, Joey's here. Can you tell us about uh, the transit in the area and also um, what can we do to improve it? Well, I mean, as it stands right now, there's four bus routes going through Ward 5. You've got two major ones going east-west and the one seeing the Crosstown 2. You have, I guess, what's qualified as a regional uh, bus route in the Ottawa 4 because it go, usually goes mm-hmm. through a lot of different neighborhoods. And then we have the Central 3, which is generally like a, a third quote-unquote third-tier bus route. It stops running at 6.30. The Ottawa 4 picks up some of the slack. Um, It usually only runs every 20 minutes, half an hour, if you're lucky. Um, Looking at the the new proposed bus routes that Transit Windsor has, um, there's a significant increase in the number of bus routes flowing through Ford City. We go from two primary routes to three. We go from um, a secondary and a, a tertiary route to four secondary routes. And then we have a primary highway route going through the expressway. Mm-hmm. Now, these are just the proposed route maps that have been presented so far. Um, but it's also important to remember that the main transit terminal 
is located in Ward 5. Mm. Right, just right by the expressway. It's just on the right on That's the true. edge, but it's there. Um, and when you look at the comparison of low income to transit, you'll see that places that have a lower income tend to have higher transit. Right. Um, and I think that's important to look at when you look at um, wards two, three, four, yeah. um, five, and eight. And to look at that with that lens to know that if people are using this to bring their kids to appointments, to get to work, that it has to be functional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you have yeah. to be able to do shift work and use it on a Sunday and use it to get to a grocery store. Sundays Sundays are probably the hardest time to get around, mm-hmm. not just for people in Ward 5, but in general around yeah. the city. In Sundays, the Central 3 doesn't run. The Ottawa 4 runs, I think, every half hour, 45 minutes. And same with the Crosstown 2 and the 1C. Yeah. They don't run very often. And then you now have three routes that are only going east-west. You have nothing to go north-south. Um, and that's something, I mean, the, the proposed um, transit map and all of the work that Transit Windsor has been doing has been absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know, we've seen new uh, new bus um, shelters. We've seen the, you know that transit app, um, an upgrade in in um, transfers mm-hmm. and and all of the technology that's being put into Transit Windsor. So um, I'm really looking forward to what happens in the next few years regarding transit. I didn't uh, introduce your transit activism very well, but can you tell us which <laughs> organization you're part of? Damn, uh, uh, I'll. I'll I'll wait for the, the... Okay, let us know before we start the next uh, I'm a member there. of the Windsor Transit Watch, um, which is a group of about eight of us that are working um, to try to increase transit advocacy and transit awareness throughout the city. And uh, we have some interesting things in the pipeline and some, some fun things planned that I think uh, um, everybody throughout the city, whether you take transit or not, is really going to enjoy. All right, next topic. How can you encourage more people to invest in Port City? I think we're already doing it. I think it's already happening. I, I think that we've we've done as much yeah. as we can, and that's you know in the, from the BIA's perspective, the redevelopment committee, the residents, the renewal—they're all working so hard. And to give you examples, that we've increased our BIA membership so much, but also you have investors like Ashok Sud, who's you know moved Champion Paper into Ford City and completely. Um, restored that building. Mm-hmm. Um, Larry Horowitz, who took over the old Holy Rosary Church, and he's done a beautiful job. It's a wedding venue now and an event venue. And um, another person who doesn't get uh, quite so much attention is Bill Bile, who is one of the owners of uh, Shoreview at Riverside, which is the old Masonville Court, and they sunk several million dollars into that. And, you know, that's all been happening in the last five to eight years. And People don't talk about that enough, that so many of these big investors are really investing in Ford City. I don't, I don't think that the onus is on the Ford City anymore. Yeah. Like yeah. All of, with all of the organizations that are putting in effort and time and money and energy and all of that, I mean, you've done your job. Like you've, you've, Absolutely. you've had, I don't even know how many successful events when the, you know, dropped on Drew Lark gets bigger every single year yeah. and it's just yeah. absolutely amazing so now it's time for people outside of ford city to actually you know get i think there. that's what's happening now too people it, are coming yeah. in people are excited about ford city they we get when i first started there were no calls for is there any property available in ford city and now they're calling with i need this pro-. well we maybe we could make that work like they're trying to find a way that they can fit into ford city so i don't think we're really trying to bring anybody in anymore. I think they're coming in on their own. Yeah. Which is exactly what you want. And I yeah. mean, for people to go, if people want to really go out and check out Ford City, the best um, event to go do that at is Dropped on Drew Lard. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, which is happening on September 21st. Yeah. Yeah. Just so that everybody knows. Open Streets. Yep. Oh, nice. <laughs> so if you and want then to dedicate is... a whole day to Dropped on Drew Lard, Ford yeah, City. Yeah. For folks who have never been, what is Dropped on Drew Lard? Dropped on Drew Lard is, um, it's not your typical street fair. So it has BMX, it has um, graffiti artists, it has skateboarding, skateboarding, it has Bears. vendors, it has beer tents, it has, it's, it's not your, it's more of a gritty street fest. Yeah, it started as an arts and culture, like, It didn't fit festival. us, and even yeah. when we were doing that, it didn't fit us, it didn't feel right, but we were like, you know, we want to bring people in, let's do this. Yeah. And then that kind of, that idea, I think, sprouted up as a joke from Mike DeFazio. 
and then it turned into a legit thing and we were like yes let's yes. do that that's board city car shows but car they're sh- rat rods they're, they're <laughs> dropped it has to be modified or dropped sorry all right well we can actually continue this conversation because uh all these new businesses are moving into ford city um is there a fear of gentrification when i i remember when um grand cantina opened someone on my facebook who did not live in the neighborhood said oh gentrification it's outpricing the restaurants yeah, in one restaurant's doing it yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. i i got to say absolutely not i don't fear it at all because the people who already live and work and own property there they're embracing mm-hmm. ford city for like all of its history and you know all of the things that maybe in the past people were afraid of we embrace it and you know that person who commented about grand cantina grand cantina has been wonderful with us when they first when they came out with their first menu you know maybe it was a little pricey but they listened to input from the community and they changed their pricing and they changed the items on their menu to to suit the community and they're still bringing in the outsiders as well it's fantastic they've actually worked with us we had ford city the grade school they grew um, a bunch of herbs and so they gave it to the renewal. So we brought it to Cantina, and Grand Cantina actually made a salsa. That's and they were selling it out of their restaurant, donated the proceeds to the renewal, which went to the community garden. I will say, probably uh, as an outsider, like I, you know, wrong side of the tracks. I live ten blocks away, but um, that it feels the success of Ford City is because it comes from folks in the neighborhood. Yeah. Yes, it's I, I think... not from some person from toronto is like you know what you guys need or even someone from downtown to be like you know what you all need what we like too is that the businesses that move in there really are joining in Mm -hmm. with the bia they're joining in with the residents they're connecting with the people that are there they're not trying to create their own space and trying to change the way ford city is they're embracing what we have there and something i've noticed is that all of the new businesses that are coming to ford city when they get there, they don't try to redo the facade. They don't try to yeah. make it all modern and, and, you know, fancy. They take what is already there and they fix it and yeah. they rejuvenate it. And yeah. it looks, it still works with the entire neighborhood. Grand Canteen is a perfect example. Yeah. Inside that building is amazing. But the front is your, is a regular, you know, the old time, the old feel mm-hmm. facade of Ford City. And you're like, wow. We've been really lucky for that, that people that are coming into Ford City are embracing what we have and not trying to... Yeah, I think that's one of the things they say about gentrification, right? If you see yourself as a pioneer, oh, I'm coming in to save the neighborhood, then you're going to be in trouble. I I think that anybody going in... I haven't heard anybody really... No one said that to me. (laughs) But then again, I'm the Residents Association and Renewal, so that'd probably be... We get the wrong person to say it to. So much great feedback from the business owners that mm-hmm. are coming in. I remember when uh, Standard Printing came in, yeah. and uh, you know, oh, just oh. just sorry. keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> okay, finish, but, yeah, finish that, it, that, please. You know, Lori from Standard Printing was just so taken aback by how enthusiastic the residents in the community yeah. were for bringing it, and she completely embraced it and just loved being there. Mm-hmm. And I, I got to give a shout out to Gary Dugal because yeah. you know that's part of our history we're just so proud to be part of ford city and gary really instilled that in us when we were children you know gary gave me my first job as a camp counselor and he was running all those children's events when we were kids that's how jillian and i grew up and uh you know when we were growing up on Drulard, it was a badge of honor when people asked us where we lived the stereotype i had no idea until i went to high school (laughs) and people were like Ooh, I can't go to your house. I'm <laughs> like, really? Why? Jillian oh, you live and I on Lard. I'm lived like, oh, come on. in the same block of Hickory. And it didn't matter where you lived in Ford City. When people asked us, where do you live? We live on Drulard. Yeah. That, that was our response. We yeah. live on Drulard. And people knew that that was that area. I actually live on like, Drulard, though. <laughs> <laughs> now you do. All right. right I have one, I probably two more questions, but one last very spicy question. Uh-uh. Walkerville's developing quite a bit. Are you ever afraid that Walkerville will annex Fort City? No, I no. don't think so. I don't no. think they want to, and we don't want them to. <laughs> so I think we'll probably connect. We'd yes. like to connect more and make it um, our neighborhoods maybe walkable between the two, but I don't think 
we're just so different. We have our yeah. own personality. I just don't see that happening. Yeah, I think they're very distinct neighborhoods, and I we'll think put that the fence up. Build a wall. I think that's called Walker. You guys just got Walker there. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that there's a lot of community services that exist in Ford City, whereas you know Walkerville seems to me, from the outside looking in, very either residential or commercial focused, mm-hmm. where we also have that other basis, and. You know, when you live in Ford City, people, outsiders talk about, oh, you know, you have prostitutes there. (laughs) Yes, we do. And you have them all over the city. But the difference is, in Ford City, we know them by name, and we'll talk to them on the... They're they're human beings, and they're They're part of our community, and, you know, we embrace that. We're, We're not trying to be fake about who we are. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't strip see... clubs and sex work all over yeah. the city. Yeah. And somehow that's that's something that yeah. has more of a badge in Fort City than it does anywhere else. And quite we honestly, really I just don't foresee Walkerville <laughs> wanting to embrace that so much. Uh, I would say Chapter 2 is probably an example of a business mm-hmm. that can kind of straddle those two. Right. Like, uh, I think that line is where we'll probably yeah. meet. Yeah. And to have that be walkable in between. Like, because there's a lot of festivals that happen yeah. mm-hmm. in Walkerville that we, you know, it's not like, oh, Walkerville, we avoid. We go over and we, you know. Yeah. So I'd like to have a lot more connecting roads to that. Yeah. Because Open kind Streets of, does that a bit. Eh? Yeah. 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 Yes. yeah. Something else would, that would be really interesting is, is, you know, if it does get to the point where Ford City and the Walkerville area kind of meet and join and all that stuff. But being able to go from a neighborhood like Walkerville and to be able to walk into a a neighborhood like Ford City and but being able to see how vastly different they are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Whereas, like Carrie said, you have Walkerville, which is either residential or commercial. I mean, there's a lot of places to go eat, drink, um, all that kind of stuff. But then you go to Ford City, and you still have a place, a couple places to go eat and drink. But there's also other shops. There's other things to do. There's a different feel. There's a di- different atmosphere going from Walkerville to Ford City. And I mean, I work in Walkerville, and I live just outside of Ford City. So usually going to and right. from work, I go through and, you know, if we were in Toronto, this would not be a, a strange thing to no. have two adjacent neighborhoods with distinct cultures and that feels yeah. and just they live next to each other. And that's yeah. all right. I think that um, a lot could happen in joining forces between the two neighborhoods if two things happen. One of them is opening <laughs> Welton Street with, between St. Yes. Luke yeah. and Walker Road. Um, and... The other is the potential investment from Ashok Sud on those brownfoot brownfield mm, properties. Yep. He's already investing on the west side of Walker Road, but we know he has big plans for some of those brownfields there. Mm-hmm. And it could turn the city market into a huge centerpiece that attracts people from both sides. Mm. Yeah. So when the Civil War happens between Walkerville <laughs> and Ford City... Paintbrushes will fly. Can, it, can we just make sure that Chapter 2 is the center for all of the destruction? <laughs> that's, 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 that's the neutral zone. That's the, neutral, yeah. that's the neutral zone. It's like I, Sweden. Or I love Chapter Two. They've been. They have. You know. They say they're in Ford City. I they don't like say they're in Walkerville. So. Yeah. yeah. We got some Chris fans here. So. <laughs> know, know your audience, Don. We we love Chris. Chris is fantastic. So I think uh, developing the the brownfields. That's a, that's a great point. What's another thing that we can do that would create a real positive change in Ford City? What's what's something we can do in that neighborhood? I'd like to see the property at Riverside and Drulard, which is owned by Fords. I'd love to see that developed. Mm-hmm. Or not developed, but maybe a green space, a park, something, something new. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, something we can use. <laughs> like walk right up to the river and you can see the fireworks from... Mm-hmm. Instead awesome. of having to go down to like Moy, I think is the closest uh, yeah, that you can get right. up to the river. Another big problem in Ford City is the isolation. Fortunately, we've yeah. had one set of train tracks that you know cut us off from Walker removed, and that was wonderful. But we still have the train tracks uh, by Drular or Gary Dugal Park, and then we have the Via tracks, and it's so prohibitive, especially for our senior population, to get to the bus stops on Wyandotte Street to mm-hmm. get the crosstown, mm-hmm. and also to get over to the grocery store, the no frills, mm-hmm. because the viaduct is horrible to, mm-hmm. to traverse yeah. if you're a senior citizen. I want to see the viaduct filled in. Just, just anybody trying yeah. to use that viaduct. Oh, it's is a horrible, horrible place. And <laughs> I have mentioned this. You know, I've talked about you know overpasses over there for pedestrians and this and that. And actually, years ago when I worked at Masonville Court. Uh, Percy Hatfield 
turned to me at city council and he says, do you have any idea the significance of that viaduct? And I said, I most certainly do because my father took part mm -hmm. in that blockade. But, you know, times change. And, you know, my father was a crusader for social justice. You know, you want to do what you can for the people. And that particular piece of history doesn't need to stand. You can put a monument there for it. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, on that note, uh, we're going to probably wrap up. But uh, before we leave, can you do your... Uh, uh, can you give me a pitch? Can you let us know where we can learn more? Tell us about Drop Down Droulard. Um, I would say like Ford City Residents on Facebook. Go see Ford City Neighborhood Renewal. Um, drop into Ford City. I mean, we're easy to find. We're at the Genoa Marcus. So if you have any questions about Ford City, you can reach out to Kayla or myself. Um, and you all and have come out to drop down to Yeah, yeah, we yeah. have Fun Day. We have Easter, Christmas, Clean Sweep, Earth Day, Jane's Walk. Um, we're yeah. doing Fire <laughs> Prevention Cook Kickoff. Um, cook off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, those go hand in hand. Fire prevention kickoff is going to be in Ford City, October seventh, and also we're doing a chili cookoff for um, Open Streets. And I'd just like to say, you know, on, on Facebook, there's you know the Ford City residents. There is the Ford City BIA. There's Ford City Renewal. There's the the Ford City Community Garden. So there's lots yeah. of resor different resources on Facebook if you're focused more on a particular thing. Also, um, you know, talk to the people who actually live there and work there and own businesses there. And, you know, you all have my name now. So if you track me down on Facebook. That's Ippolito. Yeah, Carrie right. Ippolito. <laughs> but if you find me on, uh, you know, Facebook Messenger and send me a message, I'll buy you a coffee and I'll give you a tour of the neighborhood. No problem. <laughs> I, I, I would like to see more people just go. Yeah. yeah. Go go just to Ford over. City, check through. it out. Dropped on Droulard. Go go, go the support the businesses. Go check out the murals, the alleys. Go just go there. It's not a scary place. I the don't want them to just come to Droulard Road though or just look at the murals. I want mm. them to walk the neighborhood yeah. and see that the people who live there actually do care for their homes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But and it's just other people from the city just need to go. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, put on your that shoes, for go for a walk, <laughs> and have a good day. Yeah. yeah. When we had Stroll Windsor there, I think yeah. a lot of people that would never have ended up in Fort City ended up in Fort City, and it was like, I see some of them coming back, and I'm like, yes, that was a success. <laughs> yeah. And uh, like I said before, it's really a great model for what y'all have been doing for the last ten years plus ten years, years yeah. of of real activism that, like I said, comes from folks who live in the neighborhood who care about the neighborhood, who are not just there on a job contract, but actually really do believe in, in what y'all are doing. And I think it's, it's a really great thing. And a lot of other neighborhoods could probably take a page from that too. And if, you know, if what I heard is correct, much like the lovely lady over here by coffee, if you find Joey Wright and send him a Facebook message, he'll take you to dinner. It's crazy. I don't I know. know. How or, guys, or maybe he'll but... take you for a beer at Chapter 2. Hey, there, you there go. we go. You know what, Don? I'll take you for a beer at, the at Chapter 2. I will go. Oh, the beer at Grand Cantina is great. I, yes. We're just is, looking uh, for beer sponsorships now. <laughs> I think they and, have Chapter 2. And the most amazing beer. margaritas. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, Joey, give us a plug for uh, the transit group, too. Oh, Windsor Transit Watch. We are on Twitter at, at Watch Transit. Um, we haven't yet have a Facebook page, but we are also on Instagram. Uh, we do Transit Tuesday every week. Um, we actually just had a poll yesterday on what um, what major bus route um, our, our followers would like to see us go through. So next week, some unlucky sap, <coughs> me, <laughs> will probably be going um, from Forest Glade to the West End on the 1C and then from the West End all the way back to Forest Glade on the Crosstown 2 to see how long it takes. <laughs> all right, we'll see you in two weeks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I would like to thank Carrie Ippolito. Oh, she's got it. Hey. It only took an hour, everybody. Third time's it. a charm. <laughs> Jillian Benoit-Gonzalez and Joey Wright. Thank you all so much for being on the show. Thanks for and, having us. Uh, representing your neighborhood so well. It's been so great to talk to all of you and, and kind of dig in more into these issues. Thank you so uh, much. Thanks so much, Don Merrifield, uh, once again, and our wonderful uh, tech support, Julian Levong, who is uh, helping us out. And my name is Sarah Morris. You can always join the conversation and continue the conversation on Twitter. We like it when folks who listen um, later after the show's gone live uh, who join in and, and give their two cents at RCP Windsor on Twitter or Facebook 
uh, Rose City Politics. You can also support us on Patreon. We do this out of the kindness of our hearts. None of us are getting paid here. I'm here for the snacks. <laughs> uh, snacks? Oh, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. So if you support us on Patreon, that helps out when we do things like events or uh, when we need to buy new microphones or things like that. So it's always a huge help whenever we, we do get that support. Patreon.com slash Politics. We are also brought to you with the current support of Lioness 625, Building Better Communities. And we are broadcasting live from uh, the Kitchen Studios. So thank you all so much for joining us. And we will see you next week.